Well, hey, Sandals Church, welcome to online campus and welcome to those of you who make up our Sandals Church Anywhere locations. We know that there's a lot of you tuning in from all over the world, so wherever you are, we are glad that you are here. My name is John Owen. Here at Sandals Church, I get to help create a lot of the video content, which helps share the story of our vision of being real, real with ourselves, real with God, and real with others. If you're new to Sandals Church, that's what we're all about. And we would love to get to know you a little bit more. So you can let one of the chat hosts know in the chat, or you can always connect with us at sandalschurch.com slash next. You know, as people, we like to give attention and to appreciate others all the time. But right now, we're going to give God the attention he deserves and to appreciate him as we sing worship together. And a thousand generations in your family 
and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you Welcome to Sandals Church Online. If you just got here, my name is Jono. And for those of you who watch all over the world at Sandals Church Anywhere locations, you could not have picked a better day to be here. If you're watching as a family, we wanna honor that you are taking time to be together as you follow Jesus. If you have teenagers, there is some great content you can find on our youth YouTube channel, and you can get connected there. If you have little ones in the house with you, we have a service where they can experience church that's fun and perfect for them. If you're a parent, all you have to do is find kids.sandalschurch.tv. You know, there's nothing more exciting than seeing families grow in their faith. Even two weeks ago, we sent nearly a thousand students to summer camp, and that group was led and cared for by 200 volunteer camp counselors. Some of these people took vacation time and even unpaid time from work to spend a whole week pouring into our kids and youth. And for that, we wanna say thank you. Thank you for helping our students grow closer to Jesus. You know, we've also created a custom tool to help you grow closer to Jesus. The Growth Path, it gives you the next steps for you to grow in your relationship with God and to connect with others here at Sandals Church. You can find it right in your Sandals Church app or it can be downloaded on any smartphone. Now with this week's message, we have a really special opportunity to hear from our Sandals Church Executive Pastor, Dan Zambardi, as he shares on a topic that is near and dear to him and to all of us here at Sandals Church. Here's Pastor Dan Zambardi. Welcome you to Sandals Church, and it is so good to be with you today. No matter where you're watching from around the world, hey, listen, today we're going to talk about how to live an honorable life. 
how to live an honorable life. But before I do that, I want to give you a little background on myself. For years, I had the fortunate opportunity to to travel around the world and work with some of the best companies and brands uh, that are out there. The last nine years, I've had uh, the incredible privilege to be a pastor here at Sandals Church. It's been nine amazing years. For 20 years, I've been married to my beautiful and amazing uh, wife, and we have four incredible kids that sometimes feels like 40 kids, if I'm being real with you guys. Um, And, you know, through it all, like so many of you, I've had some incredible mountaintop experiences, some just glorious experiences, but I've also had some experiences um, down in the desert, you know, seasons of hard, uh, hot, dry seasons in the desert. And, and through all of that life that I described to you, as I've been walking around this planet for about 50 years, I've had some big takeaways. And these are things that I've, I've learned, that I understand, that I believe in, and I've seen affirmed in the Word of God. And one of those takeaways is, is the big idea for today. And the big idea is this, that God blesses the honorable life. God blesses the honorable life. And what I mean by that is when God looks down and he sees a a husband and a wife loving each other, being kind and generous to each other, uh, blessing each other, that that God blesses that marriage and that home. And when God looks down, he sees a a church where uh, people respect one another. They support one another. They serve their community well, and they, they have reverence for their pastor, that God blesses that church. I have seen this over and over and over uh, in my life, and I've seen the opposite be true, man. Someone who's continuously living to dishonor uh, people and God have seen their life go down and down and down. So I want to talk to you about how to live uh, an honorable life. Now, you may be thinking uh, it's 2020, it's, uh, you know, or it was 2020, we're heading into 2021, or we're in 2021. Why teach on honor because everything is amazing, right? But the truth is everything's not amazing, right? You know that, I know that. Everything is definitely not amazing and it's not amazing and I'm not gonna go through the list, right, of all the issues of the day. We've covered that ground many times. But the truth is in the culture that we're living in, it's hard to honor, it's hard. And so that's why we're gonna talk about that. We're so, we're so divided. Right, and it's not just divided with with others. You know, we're we're divided even in our own homes, friends, family inside of our church, our workplaces. There's so much division happening, and so in this climate and in this culture in 2021, this is an excellent time for us to talk about how to live an honorable life when it's hard. All right, so that's where we're heading. Before I uh, open us up, I'm going to read the Word of God. But would you guys do me a favor? Would you pray with me now? Father, would you bless this time that we have together? God, would you, would you be with us? Would you speak through me? Would you open the hearts and the minds and the ears of every single person that is watching? God, would you show us all to how to live a more honorable life that would bless you and bless others? Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get started. So, hey, we are in uh, Romans. We've been in the book of Romans now for a while. And, uh, and today I'm going to be reading and unpacking Romans 12, 9 through 17. And for those of you that don't know, uh, this is a letter. It's a letter written by someone named Paul, Paul the Apostle. Paul, who is someone who for a long time was an enemy of God, but was transformed to be an incredible man of God and a leader for God. And Paul is writing this letter to, to people in Rome. And the text I'm going to read you in this letter, he's saying, here's 
Here's how to live a righteous life. He's given a sort of a bullet point list of how to live a righteous life and an honorable life. And so this is the text we're going to go through today. And I want you guys to, to just follow along with me. All right, verse nine, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. We're going to talk about that. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God would bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Kids, that's a bonus for you. Don't think you know it all, okay? Never pay back evil with more evil. And here we go. This is where we're going to spend our time. Do things, Paul says, in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do things in a way that everyone, and that includes even the people you don't like and you disagree, do things in a way that they can see that you are honorable. How to live an honorable life. Let's go. It's point number one. Honor people when they don't deserve it and despite their inadequacies. Man, honor people when they don't deserve it. And this is so hard. This is so hard for all of us, myself included, because it's counterintuitive. When I say counterintuitive, we are, we are wired up and we are trained. When someone respects us, we respect them. But when they disrespect us, hey, we're trained to disrespect them. This is how we're wired. And this is why it is difficult. Um, I've shared uh, some of this talk that I'm sharing with you uh, many times. We've talked about it in my home. Uh, and in our home, we refer to this as just point number one. When things are hard and we're struggling, we're like, point number one. Okay, it's time to bring in point number one, right? This is, this is maybe the toughest point that I'm going to talk about. And what I want to do is I want to spend some time uh, talking about a relationship in the Bible between King Saul and David. This is maybe the best way that I, I can express to you how to honor people when they don't deserve it. I want to talk about uh, young David. And for those of you that don't know, in, in this text, David is, he's a young leader. He's an upstart leader. And David does something incredible. He defeats the enemy of his people, Goliath. Many of you have heard of the story of David and Goliath. And David defeats the, this, this giant, the enemy of his people. And very quickly, young David becomes wildly popular amongst his people. Uh, in today's terms, you would think of Charlie D'Amelio. Uh, David is like that kind of popular. Uh, and if you don't know who Ch uh, Charlie is, just uh, check with a local teenager. They'll help you figure that out, okay? David is wildly popular. He's also the servant of King Saul. Uh, king, uh, Saul is the king of the Israelites. And David is a servant. He is loyal to Saul. He loves Saul. And what does Saul do to return the favor of, of David's loyalty and service? He tries to kill David. And he doesn't try to kill David once, but many, many times. And so I'm going to read in this text what David does when he finds himself where God actually delivers King Saul into David's hands. And David has an opportunity to end this pursuit. And so I'm in 1 Samuel 26, 7 through 9. So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep with his spear stuck in the ground besides his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying asleep around him. God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time, Abishai whispered to David. 
Let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't need to strike twice. No, David says, don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? David gives us this incredible example. I just want you to think about this. Someone that you have treated so well, that you have loved and served, and they're trying to kill you. What would you do with that person, especially if they were delivered right into your hands? David gives us this example of what it means and what it looks like to honor people when they don't deserve it. If, if you can practice this principle, if, if you could be transformed by this idea, I promise you it can change your life because it's so incredibly counterintuitive. And the reality is most of us, even those that are listening now that are in Christ, practice the opposite. Where, hey, if you're not cool with me, man, I'm not going to be cool with you. But God shows us another way. God shows us a better way. And I want you to know, if you want to stand out, if you want to stand out and you, you want to live just a, a spectacular life, this is a great way to do it. Kids, I want you to listen for a second. You know, when you're at school and, and your friends, they're, they're making fun of another kid, when they're, uh, you know, giving a teacher a, a hard time, you can stand out by honoring that other kid, by honoring that other uh, teacher, by saying no. Saying no, we're not, we're not going to talk about people that way. See, the norm is to dishonor and disrespect people, but you can stand out. And this goes for you as adults, too. When people are sitting around, they're, they're bashing the boss. You have an opportunity to stand out, especially as a Christ follower, and say, no, we're going to honor that person, even if they've done some things wrong and they don't deserve it. All right, point number one, honor people when they don't deserve it and despite their inadequacies. All right, here's point number two. Be first and be quick to apologize. You want to live an honorable life, man? Be first and be quick to apologize. If we're, we're being honest and if we're being real, uh, we don't like to apologize. Okay, let's just be honest. If we took a poll and I said, everyone raise your hands if you love to apologize, uh, it'd be like no one's raising their hands, okay? <laughs> the amount of humility it takes to apologize is enormous. I want you to read uh, what it says in Matthew 7, 5. Matthew 7, 5 says this, you hypocrite, you gotta love the text that starts with, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see more clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So when in conflict, here's what I want you to know. When in conflict, when you're in a relational conflict, find and focus on your fault. Find and focus on your fault. Imagine in your relationships with your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, if you got into a conflict and you both sat down and said, hey, I want to start and say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was wrong. What I said or what I did was, was wrong, and I, and I own that, and, I, and I'm asking you to uh, forgive me. And then the other person said, well, well I want to I apologize as well. I want to own my part, and I want to apologize. Imagine how transformative that would be to your relationships. That's not normally how it goes down, right? Right? So when in conflict, find focus on your fault. Own your part, repent, and, and move forward. I want you to take inventory. When was the last time that you proactively apologized? When was the last, I want you guys to, to all spend some time now thinking, when was the last time the key word here is proactively apologize? Was it a week ago, maybe a month, six months, maybe a year? Maybe you can't think of a time when you proactively, and let me clarify the difference between a proactive apology and a, and a reactive apology. A, a reactive apology is when the person that you're in conflict with, they, they wrestle you to the ground and they give you the atomic elbow, okay? <laughs> 
And out of you comes the apology. That's the reactive apology, okay? The proactive apology, there's no wrestling. There's no wrangling and jumping off the top rope. It's just, hey, I, I, you walk through the door and you say, I blew it, and I'm sorry. Pl please forgive me. That's the difference. There's a huge difference between the proactive and reactive apology. And if you want to live an honorable life, you're going to go first, and you're going to apologize. And I want you to know, if you're a leader, that leaders set the pace. I said earlier, I've got a handful of these big takeaways in my life, things that I've learned, that I've seen, things that I've experienced that have been confirmed in the Word of God. And one of those things is this, that leaders set the pace. If you're a pastor, if you're a CEO, if you're a boss, moms and dads that lead, lead their homes, you set the pace. As I've had the fortunate opportunity to work with amazing leaders and learn and watch from them, I've, I've learned this principle. What they do, others do. What they don't do, others don't do. And so if you want to teach your kids, you want to teach the people that uh, report to you how to live an honorable life, show them by apologizing when it's your time and do it in a proactive way. All right, that's point number two. Here we go. Point number three. I promise this is going to get a lot more fun. Uh, point number three is make allowance for one another's faults. Make allowance for one another's faults. The people around you, I want you to know, the people at work, the people at home, your friends, they don't feel honored by your constant picking at their faults or when they get it wrong. They don't feel honored by that. They don't feel honored uh, by the lack of forgiveness that you're extending to them. That is not a way to, to build an honorable life. And, and, and my question is this, what, what has happened that we've become so offended? We've become so incredibly offended at so many things, right? The, the guy or the girl that doesn't take the shopping cart back to the little shopping cart thing and people just lose their mind? Like, why, why are we offended? Now, I want you to know, most of the time, I, I take the cart back, okay? <laughs> you may be wondering if there's any of you that's passing judgment um, most of the time, okay? So I don't want to distract you from what it is that I'm saying. <laughs> but it's true. Look, we've become so offended by, by so many things. Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Here we go. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Forgive anyone, not just the people you like, but even the people you don't like and you don't agree with. Forgive them all. Uh, the text goes on to say, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And I just want to say, if this, is, if this is you, if you're someone that's constantly finding fault in others, uh, if, if you feel like this is, if God's speaking to you and this is an opportunity for you, here's a couple questions that I want you to, to process through. Here's the first one. Is your list of pet peeves longer than the list of Bible verses that you've stored in your heart? When you open your coat and you show the list of pet peeves, if it goes all the way down like a scroll onto the floor, <laughs> and then you open your other side of your coat, and you show the list of verses that you've committed, Bible verses, into your heart, and it's a very short list, this, this may be, be you. And what I want you to know is that if you start to commit more of God's Word into your heart, and that list grows longer, there's a chance your pet peeve list is going to grow shorter, and then you're going to start honoring people because you're not constantly criticizing and chipping away. 
Here's another question for you if you feel like this is you. What's at the root of you constantly being offended and your inability to forgive others? Like, what's at the root of that? What's happening inside of you? I want you to pray about that process. Talk to your community group. Definitely spend some time with the Lord. Third question for you. Are you giving level 10 reactions to a level one infraction? Right? If your mind is just blown because you saw the guy or the girl not bring the cart back to the cart rack <laughs> and you give a level 10, right? I want you to think about what is that doing to your relationships? What is this doing to your relationships? I want you to know that if you have a hard time to make room and allowances for the faults of others around you, it can be a relationship killer because the relationship can look good on the outside, but it can be crumbling on the inside. Married people, this is a, a tip for married folks. If you're constantly finding fault in your spouse because they're missing expectations, I want you to know there's something you can do to change that. And that is this, you can start lifting them up into who you want them to be. The expectations that you have, you can lift them up through your words and the way that you honor them and the way that you pray for them. Instead of bringing them down with your, with your, with your words and your criticism, you, you can lift them up into, but by the way that you honor them. And I got to tell you, this morning as I was heading out the door, um, I had this great exchange with my wife where she, man, she did just that. She, she lifted me up. She affirmed me. You know, she, she said things that just, just touched me so deeply. She, she honored me with her words, and then she prayed over me. And I felt like in that moment, man, the, the cape was coming on. And I was ready to deliver this message to you. My, my wife honored me into this place that she believes that God has made me to be. And I want you to understand this principle, especially if you're in a married uh, relationship. Last point here, stop focusing on faults and start focusing on forgiveness. Start focusing on forgiveness. And if this is you, start focusing on the forgiveness that God has extended to you. All right, point number four. Point number four is this, have reverence for those that God has placed in charge of you. God has placed in, uh, someone in charge or people in charge of you and me, all of us, everyone. God has placed someone or people in charge of all of us. And I know in 2021, the idea of, of reverence and uh, you know, the idea of, of, of authority and submission, these are not our favorite words in 2021. We don't love these words, I'm, I'll be honest with you. But God loves these words, and these are words that come out of, uh, of Scripture. And when I say have reverence for people that God has put in charge of you, uh, I want to describe reverence to you. Reverence is a special kind of respect. Reverence is a special kind of respect. If there were a hierarchy of words, and I, and I know there's not, so I need you to kind of roll with me here. But if there were a hierarchy of words, I think it would go like this. It would go respect, then honor, and then reverence. Respect, honor, and reverence. Let, let me illustrate. I'm thinking about one of my daughters um, and one of my grandfathers. Uh, I'm thinking about my daughter, Gracie. She's, she's amazing. Just an amazing, amazing kid. And I want her to know that I respect her. And I want her to experience that respect through the way I talk to her, the way that I treat her. But there's times in our relationship as her dad where I have to challenge and confront and discipline her. And I can do that in love and in grace all through respecting her. But now let me talk about my grand, uh, one of my grandparents, uh, Grandpa Zimbardi. 
Uh, Ettore Zimbardi. He immigrated from Italy when he was 18 years old to the States, landed in New York. Uh, his name became Eddie, and he was a barber, so he was Eddie the Barber. He's this beautiful man. How I talked to uh, Grandpa Zimbardi, how I engaged with him, the posture I took, uh, I never confronted, challenged, uh, or disciplined him. See, I had a special kind of respect, and I call that reverence. This point is about having reverence for the people that God has placed over you. And if you do that, you will live an honorable life. So who's put in charge of you? Let's start with parents. Okay, let's start with parents. Uh, kids, you ready? I want you to really take your note takers out right now. Uh, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, this is you. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. Kids, I just want you to know, if you're looking for the answers to the test in life, here's one of them. Like, if you get this now, kids, listen, I'm serious. If you get this now, if you honor your mom and dad, and you learn that, and you learn the value of that, and you practice that, there's a good chance you're going to honor your teachers. You're going to honor your boss. Someday, we love you, but you're going to go. And we want you to get a job. And we want you to keep that job. And one of the ways, kids, you keep that job is by honoring your, your, your boss. Right? And then someday, if the Lord wills, you'll, you'll get married. And we want you to honor your spouse. And we want you to honor the, the people in government, et cetera, et cetera. Now, some of you kids may be saying, um, if you knew my parents, uh, you know, you can't honor my parents because they're crazy. And I want you to know your parents aren't crazy. They just act crazy. Okay? <laughs> Sometimes. And they act crazy oftentimes because of you, kids. Okay? Um, <laughs> And there's a di big difference between being crazy and acting crazy. I want you to know that, kids. You'll learn that. Being crazy at two different things. And often, when we as parents act crazy, it's because of you guys. <laughs> you guys. You cause us to be crazy. Now, we love you. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of. Okay? I'm sort of kidding. Um, and I want you to know, uh, kids, there's no, there's no out in this verse. Uh, some of you maybe have parents that, that you feel like are, are not uh, honorable, and they've done things to hurt you. Um, when you read through this text, it doesn't say if your parents are, are bad, start to dishonor them. Um, even if your parents have failed you, I want you to know this. You should and you must still honor them. And there's ways to do that, even when it's hard. Sometimes that means you're just going to be quiet and say nothing, and that's the best way to honor them. Sometimes that means you're going to put boundaries around the relationship, but still speak of them in an honorable way. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, as I was preparing for, for this message, I thought about us as, as adults. So often I see adults dishonoring their parents, and I, and I see this as a real problem. You know, just because we cross, cross over the threshold from child to adult doesn't mean now is an opportunity to dishonor mom and dad because we don't agree with them. No. No, even in disagreement, we should honor them. And I have to tell you, I've seen many people, many adults, 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond, whose life continuously is doing this. 
And one common thread is their dishonor for their parents. And man, if that is you, get right with them today and get right with God today. Here's the, the, the last one in terms of who's God put in charge of you as your pastor. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Listen to this text. Give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow, man. That would certainly not be for your benefit, Hebrews 13, uh, 17. You know, when I started at, at Sandals Church some uh, nine years ago, there's something I couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure out why Sandals Church was not reaching more people, more people locally, more people around, uh, from around the world. It just didn't make sense to me. When I looked at our, our pastor and I looked at the gifts that God has placed inside of him to communicate and to lead, and I looked at his wife, Tammy, the gifts that God placed inside of her, it just didn't compute. And I'm going back nine years ago. Why wasn't Sandals Church reaching more people? And one of the things in my first year that became clear to me was that there was, there was a spirit of dishonor that was happening amongst uh, just people in the body of Christ, and, and in some cases, some of our staff. And there was just a, at times a lack of honor for the leaders of our church, Pastor Matt and Tammy. And, it, and, I, and I, just, I just didn't get it. And you know, in that first year, I want you to know, those of you that are a part of Sandals Church, that, that I settled a few key things in that first year. One, that God appointed them to start the church and to lead the church. Clearly, God said, I want you to birth and lead this church. Number two, God, I saw God anoint our pastor watching him teach and lead as I got to see that firsthand. I saw an anointing, a special anointing on his life, like an incredible gift. And then three, I saw the weight and the pressure that they carried. What does the text say? They watch over your souls. They were watching over my soul and they're accountable to God. And I started to, to realize those things and I said, I'm good. I'm good to, to come behind and respect and honor. In fact, I'm even going to give them a, a special kind of respect, and I'm calling that reverence. And then over the years, we, we, we worked hard as a team to usher in a culture of honor at Sandals Church. N not saying we've always gotten it right. Nobody amen in this room. <laughs> I'm not saying we've always got it right. But we've worked hard for that, and we continue to work hard. And when we've made decisions, we said, how do we put honor at the forefront of this decision? Because we want to have a foundation and a DNA of honor. And what has God done? In these nine years, one campus became two. And two, and two someday became four, and, and four became eight campuses, and eight became 12. And from baptizing a few people to 100 people to a few hundred people to 1,000 people year in and year out. And who knows where God is taking Sandals Church? What's the big idea? God, God blesses the honorable life. God blesses houses of honor. A few years ago, I had a news reporter contact me. They wanted to do a story on Sandals Church. We were in the, the top 100 churches, biggest churches, fastest growing churches. And uh, they asked me a bunch of questions about what we do and how we do it. And they got to the, the question of, uh, what's the secret sauce? No, 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 it's not, not Alfredo. No, 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 no. 
Uh, we love Alfredo. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the secret sauce. What, but what, the reporter asked me, what, what's the secret sauce? And I said, well, a couple thoughts. One, we never confuse uh, our works for God's grace. Without that, we have nothing, and we, we believe that, Mr. Uh, news Reporter, desperately, okay? I want you to know that. What's the secret sauce? Num number two, you know, for whatever reason, God chose to give us a pastor with just a unique gift and, and calling, right? And then, and then three, we've been working really hard to usher in a culture of honor. Sometimes that means we, we're honoring people that we don't think deserve it. You know, we, we make hard decisions that maybe we don't want to make, but we think because it's honoring, we're going to make that decision. And the reporter said, no way, man. Like, like what's, what's really the secret sauce? Like, do you have some killer youth program or something? Like, you got, you got like the slide and the kids go up and they come down into the baptism pool. And is that the killer program that's making the church go off? And I was like, look, man, I, this, I'm just telling you what I've experienced. And um, I just want you to know, I've, I've had the chance to work with a bunch of churches in, in this, uh, these nine years, and it's an incredible privilege to work with churches of all sizes. One thing I've noticed with some churches that are struggling um, is that there's, there's a lot of dishonor uh, present in those churches that are, that are struggling. Not all, but, but many. And often it's dishonor from one member to another, wanting to go in different directions, and it becomes very divisive. Sadly, there's a lot of dishonor for uh, the pastor. And I've, I've, I've been to some churches that have really been having a hard time. And uh, I'll see a, a pastor preach their guts out on, on the weekend, marry people that a couple days later, bury someone a few days later. And then the weather forecast says rain is coming. And at four in the morning, they get up on a ladder to put a tarp over the roof of the church so that it doesn't rain down and destroy the sanctuary. And the next day, only to show up at that church and be dishonored by the people that they're watching over their souls. Man, I gotta tell you, get, get this point. Have reverence for people that God has put in charge of you. Here's the last one, your government officials. I think this is one of the most uh, popular of the points that I'm gonna preach today. First <laughs> um, Peter 2.17 says, show respect to everyone, uh, love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. Honor the emperor. This is our government officials. Who, who do we have reverence for? It's our government officials. And, and I know uh, in, in a time like this, this is difficult. And this point is not to say you have to agree with everything and, and blindly follow everything you see or hear from a government official. Uh, I think it is good uh, for, for people to disagree I think it is good for people to challenge, but do it in an honoring way. Do it in an honoring way. All right, last point. Stop dishonoring people on social media. You want to live an honorable life. Stop dishonoring people on social media. Look, social media is our, is our town square of the day. And we all have the ability to reach thousands, maybe even millions of people through our social media. Back in the, in the day, you would just get a stump and you'd set it down and you'd stand up in the town square and you'd pontificate to 40 people, maybe 100 people, I don't know. But now with the advent of social media, man, you can just, 
you can do your thing and, and bless everyone with your opinion um, all over the world. I'm going to read uh, Paul again, Paul the Apostle, who wrote that letter to Romans. He wrote a letter to uh, a young pastor named Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.14. Paul says this to Timothy. He says, remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God. Here it is. Not to wrangle about words. Not to wrangle about words. Why? Paul says this. It is useless and it leads to the ruin of the hearers. This is thousands of years ago that this letter is written. I had this idea when I was uh, prepping that, you know, as God was inspiring Paul to write this letter, that God was saying, hey, in a couple thousand years, Paul, there's going to be this thing called Facebook. <laughs> and uh, people are going to post stuff on Facebook. And, um, and then a whole bunch of other people are going to be like, typing in their comments and fighting back and forth and shouting and yelling, a lot of obscenities back and forth at each other uh, on, on Facebook. I had this thought, you know, this is what happened to you. And, and I could just imagine um, Paul saying to God, what's typing? <laughs> I don't know. That didn't really happen. Um, but let me get serious for a second. When I think about my own social media uh, use, I have this picture that plays over and over in my mind. I want to share it with you. It's a picture of me walking towards someone. Uh, I'm walking uh, towards someone, you know, uh, obviously they're, they're walking towards me. It's someone I know and I love. It's a family member. It's a friend. And it happens to be a family member or a friend that doesn't know Jesus and isn't walking with Jesus. And as we're walking towards each other, I'm sharing something that's deeply important to me. It's the most important thing. I'm sharing the good news of the gospel the gospel that Jesus came and he, and he died for me. And he died for my sins. And as, as I repent that I could live with God and live with Jesus for the rest of my life as I, as I walk with him. And I'm trying to share and I'm sharing this gospel message, but this friend or family member that's walking towards me, they're, they're doing this, they're doing this. And they're, they're kind of scrunching their face, you know? And then when we get up close to each other, they say, hey, it looks like you were trying to say something really important. But I, I don't know what happened, but all those times you were being dishonoring to people in social media, and I saw it, something happened where it ruined my ears. It ruined my ears. And as I think about that image, man, I just think about what I want more than anything for my friends and my family that I love so much that are not walking with Jesus, some who may be watching right now. I want them to know the love of Jesus and to walk with him the rest of their life. Why would I want to ruin their, their ears? Because I'm wrangling about words. Here, don't wreck your witness by wrangling about words. If you're a Christ follower listening right now, don't wreck your witness and be a fool about wrangling about words, man. You want to have a hard conversation, you want to challenge, do it. But invite someone for some coffee and have an honoring conversation. That's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. Stop dishonoring people on social media. You wanna live an honoring life that God will bless. I wanna give you a picture of honor here recently. For those of you that don't know, the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA championship recently. It's the first time in 50 years. It was a big moment for the Bucks. They defeated the Phoenix Suns just a couple days ago. And, uh, something really amazing happened. The, the coach of the, the losing team, the, the Suns, uh, his name is Monty Williams, Monty Williams. 
uh, coach of the Phoenix Suns, after the game, he went into the winning team's locker room. Many reporters have said they've never seen this happen before. This is the coach of the losing team. The NBA Finals, I mean, this is a huge deal. We're talking professional sports for those of you that don't know. And here's what Monty Williams said to the winning team, the Milwaukee Bucks. He said, I just wanted to come in and congratulate you guys as a man and as a coach because you guys deserve it. I'm thankful for the experience. You guys made me a better coach and you've made, me, made us a better team. And just before that visit, he was in a, uh, the press conference. He was talking to all the press after he just lost. And he just said, I'm struggling. I wanted to win. So I, I wanted to win so bad. We've worked so hard. I thought we were going to do it. And he left that press conference to go into the other team's locker room to bless them and to honor them. Man, just think, what, his players in the next year, you think they're going to go the extra mile for him? Yes. You think other players from around the league are going to want to come to Phoenix and play for him? Yes. Yes. Man, God, God bless uh, Monty Williams. What a great example of how to live an honorable life. And look, I want to circle back to the big idea. God blesses. God blesses an honorable life. Okay? I want to circle back to Saul and David's relationship as I opened the message and talked about the complexity of this relationship, right? David, who's done nothing but serve and be loyal to his king, King Saul. Saul's trying to kill him. And in what I'm about to read, this is one of those moments where God delivers King Saul into David's hands, and David could end it. He could end this pursuit of the king chasing after him to kill him. And this is what David has to say to Saul. And instead of killing him, here's what David said. And I want you to pay very close attention to this first sentence. David says to Saul, the Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and their faithfulness. The Lord delivered you, Saul, into my hands today, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. As surely as I valued your life today, so may the Lord value my life and deliver me from all of my trouble. What a perfect example of how to honor someone when they don't deserve it. How did, how did God uh, reward David, though? Right? Well, God blessed and rewarded David in, in lots of ways. But I want you to, to think about this. When you study the Bible, you study the, the Old Testament especially, you're going to learn about something called the Davidic line. The Davidic line or the house of David. In layman's terms, this is David's lineage. Who shows up in David's line? It's Jesus. God blesses the house of honor. God blesses the honorable life. This is such an incredible example. Here's my question to you. Have you been living an honorable life? Have you been living an honorable life? Maybe a better question is, if you haven't been li living an honorable life, what has it done to the people that live around you? What has it done to them? I want you to know right now that you can turn all of that around if that is you. If God has been speaking to you and showing you, maybe it's someone in particular, and I really want to encourage you to, to pray about, God, who is it that I have been dishonoring. And when God shows you, I want you to pursue that person. And I want you to, to seek forgiveness. I want you to repent. Tell them, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I have not honored you. And in some cases, there may be some of you 
where the right thing to do is actually to get on your, your knees as, as a symbol of repentance and say, I'm so desperately sorry for what I've done. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. This is an opportunity for you to turn your life around. But for some of you, you're, you're, you're watching and you've, you know, God's speaking to you saying, you, you've just lived your life dishonoring me. You've just, you, you've ran from me. You, you've lived for yourself and you've dishonored people throughout all of your days. And, and you want to turn that around right now. I'm going to give you a chance right now to say, Jesus, come into my life. Be the boss of my life. This is an opportunity for you to start living for God and, for, and to honor him. And so I'm going to ask everyone right now to, to, to bow their heads and to close, close their eyes. If God is speaking to you and he's calling you and you want to surrender your life to him and ask Jesus in, into your life, I want you to hold your hands out, palms open, if this is you. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Father, I'm asking Jesus into my life now. God, I am a sinner. God, I've sinned before you and before others. God, I repent of my sins. God, I believe that Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. I want to live and walk with Jesus forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. If you just prayed that prayer to surrender your life to Jesus, I wanna say welcome to the family. If you're following the chat, I encourage you to comment and let one of the chat hosts know, or you can always go to sandoschurch.com next and click on the follow Jesus button because look, we wanna celebrate with you. What a challenging message though. I know that the call to honor others and even those especially who it seems don't deserve it, it's a heavy one. As Pastor Dan said, the challenge to honor is not easy, but it, it can unlock immense blessing in our lives. Today, if you're struggling with how to honor people in your life or you need to even repent and ask for forgiveness from how you may have dishonored others, we wanna help you through that. Go to sandalschurch.com slash help to talk to someone who can help. You know, honor comes in so many forms, and one way that so many of you have chosen to honor the work that God is doing here at Sandals Church is by giving. So thank you to those of you who give. You can give to Sandals Church on the app or by going to give.sc. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you back here next week.